Hello, welcome. Hi, I'm Haley. I'm Hannah. And this is our 20-somethings podcast. Welcome back to episode two. Oh my gosh. Episode two, everybody. We have had people eagerly awaiting our second episode. Yes, we have. And that makes me feel pretty excited that people are actually listening. I know. I'm so happy. And not only listening, but enjoying it. And wanting more. And wanting more. Wow. Such an honor. So here it is to everybody who was asking for it. It's our second episode. Second episode. We wanted to film one earlier, but life got a little crazy with finals and all of that. So we are sorry that it's a little later, but honestly, we'd rather do it right when we're not super stressed than hate the episode that we made. Yes, Hannah was very gracious with me. I had so many different papers and projects and tests, and every time that we planned to make a podcast, I would just have to text her and say, hey, I don't think I can do it right now. I don't think that's possible. And she was always super understanding, so I really appreciate that. But we are done with this school year. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I actually ended up being super busy as well with my move, which I wasn't expecting to be, but... I moved, for anyone who was wondering, from a house with four other people to a studio with just me. And I am thriving. I'm so happy. It is the cutest studio apartment. We're actually filming here right now. Yeah. I think once we make an Instagram, we should do a studio tour. Oh my gosh. Of Hannah's new place. I would love that. Because it is one of the cutest studios I've ever seen. And I'm super jealous because it's so cute. But I just, speaking of moving, I just checked out of my campus apartment. Oh my gosh. Literally less than 30 minutes after arriving here. Oh my gosh. So that was super fun. You had a much like, okay, so not to do like the I had it worse thing, (laughs) but I had to move out out of Jonathan in the middle of a pandemic. So yeah, thankfully we didn't have that. (laughs) We got to move out at a regular time, but I will actually be moving into Hannah's old house. Yes. In June. So I'm super excited for that. And so I'll be moving again. Mm -hmm. Love that for me. (laughs) Moving twice in one month. Fun, 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 fun. Super fun. But I will also be living with four other people. Yeah. So I'll get that same experience and that'll be super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Hannah is graduating. Yeah, Mike, I'm can. Ugh, wow, could I speak properly? That'd be great. <laughs> I can look at my cap and gown right now. It's hanging up in my apartment. Can we talk for a second about anyone graduating who has a hood? Um, why are they so hard to figure out? Every video has something different, how you wear it. And I'm just confused because it's just. I don't want to look stupid and not wear my hood the right way. I'm graduating college. Um, I should know how to wear a hood on my gown, but whatever. If anyone has any answers, let me know. That's all. <laughs> so that was going to... You're graduating Saturday. Saturday morning at 9.30. And I'm going to be there. You are? Yes. Oh my, my sister's boyfriend is graduating. Oh, yeah. And they upped the number of people that they are allowing per person. So originally I wasn't going to be able to go. Oh my gosh, but that's now so I get sad. To. <laughs> but now I get to. Yes. Um, and then I will be a senior. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I think the first time I've said it out loud. Oh my gosh. Um, I'll Say be, it again. I'm going to be a senior. Ooh. <laughs> um, so that's going to be exciting. And I'll be graduating a year from 
Saturday. Oh my gosh, that's mm. crazy. To me, you're always going to be a little freshman. Thank you. <laughs> and like the most, yeah, yeah. you know? To me, I'm always going to be a little freshman. Yeah. Walking into college, eager eyes and excited. And now I'm just a little dead inside. Oh. I'm just kidding. But like, you know, like you, like college loses its magic. After the first week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a fantastic freshman year. Mm-hmm. And I look back on this year, and I was really boring this year. Yeah. Because I just did homework. All the time? All the time. And stayed in my apartment. My freshman year, I would hang out with people every night, hang out with people on the weekends all the time. I had so many different friend groups. And now I've got, like, I don't know. One, maybe two really good friends that I can feel comfortable doing things with. But that's just college. I mean, you just, people change, you grow Mm -hmm. up. And yeah, I mean, it feels very different. Yeah. And honestly, though, I think that a part of that has to do with living in Jonathan. Those apartments, like you start to feel a little isolated from campus, even though you still are on campus and you have a meal plan and everything. It just, I don't know what it is about it, but you just feel different when you live there. Yeah, I would agree. I think because it's such a step away from regular dorm life Mm -hmm. and you have your own bathroom, you have your own kitchen, Mm -hmm. you have your own living room space for homework or socializing. So you don't rely on the lounges or Mm -hmm. the campus centers to do things. Yeah. And... Eating in Janzau is actually a really big social component Mm -hmm. that I didn't realize until I started making my own food and eating more in Jonathan. Right. So that was super interesting. And you don't mingle with the people in your hall that much. Right. Because because, you never see them. Right. Because in regular dorms, you have the communal bathrooms Mm -hmm. where you see people and you don't have to leave your apartment to go to the bathroom. Yeah. In Jonathan, which is nice. Yeah. You can have it clean to your standards. Yes, (laughs) and the shower is always open, Uh the bathroom is always open, (laughs) so that's super Mm -hmm. nice. But So I'm really excited to be living in Seward over the summer. Hannah and I will both be here over the summer, and do you want to tell them the big news about where we're going to be working? Oh my gosh, yes. Wait, we should say it at the same time. We haven't practiced this. Okay, um, okay. one, two, three... We're We're working working at the Rabbit Hole Bakery together. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was. That was improv. That was improv. We have a game where it's, what what is it called? We are one. We are one. (laughs) And you talk at the same time. It's, you have to experience it in person. We just did that though. We just did. It wasn't wasn't bad. Yeah. 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 Haley just got hired at the bakery I started working at in December. I've been there for five months. That's really cool. That's crazy. That's super cool. And I cool. loved every second of it. Um, and so we're really hiring a lot of people. So I was like, Haley, you need to submit your resume. Haley, you need to... I think I reminded her like five or six times. Five or six times. Yeah. And she did. She got an interview and she got hired yesterday. Yesterday. After one day. Yeah. Yeah. They really liked my interview. Um, I met with the front house manager. Hannah. Hannah. And yeah. And I met with... <laughs> not me. <laughs> not you. Someone else. And then I met with someone else. Did you meet with Amanda? Yes, Amanda. 
the one who was emailing with me. Yes. And the interview just went so well. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, like, I don't, it was probably one of the best interviews I've ever had. I felt super comfortable. Yeah, same here. Usually I get really nervous, but they were so nice. Mm -hmm. And they, it actually felt like they were happy to have me there. Yeah. And they were interested in what I was saying. Mm -hmm. And... I was just eager to be there. I was just happy, you know. Um, I was I was just kind of like, hey, I don't care what kind of job I get. I would just love to help. Yeah. I don't care when I work. I would just love to yeah. help. Yeah. So I will be working front of house. Yay. And occasionally they told me that, you know, when things are slow, they'll probably bring me back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Which is, do, do you work in the kitchen? Sometimes. I'm starting yeah. to get more and more um, involved in that thing, in that part of it. Um when I first got hired, I didn't want to do anything because I had this weird rash on my hands and I knew it wasn't contagious or anything, but it made me feel gross and I didn't want to feel gross while um, making food. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I told them that once my hands cleared up, I would be love to help out more. So I do things like um, take tart shells off the pans and um, I separated eggs from their whites the other day and I peeled carrots. Like I just do it different things. Um, yeah. So it's probably yeah. the things they're talking about. Yeah. They just told me a bunch of odds and ends jobs mm-hmm. in the kitchen. And we call I'll, them chores. Chores. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be working um, like at the, at the cashier stand yeah. and um, helping customers when they walk in and it is the cutest bakery. I love it so much. Um, I'm when I applied. Um, wow, I'm saying um so much. I'm very aware <laughs> of it. Bear with me. <laughs> when I started working there in December, I just needed to quit Walmart. I we worked at Walmart, hated it, didn't like anything about it. So I started um, sending my <laughs> applications to just anywhere in the Haymarket. Which the Haymarket is about a 27-minute drive from Seward. So we have some commutes to do, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, I worked at a place in Lincoln. I was a barista. And it was about a 20-minute commute from my house to the coffee shop. So it's about the same distance Yeah, from here to the rabbit hole. Yeah, with less traffic. With less traffic. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's better. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm pretty sure what made the drive from my house to the coffee shop I worked at was the traffic. Yeah. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I had never been in the rabbit hole bakery before, and I walked in, and I just immediately fell in love with all of the decorations, mm-hmm. the vibe. It passed the vibe check. It really did. And I just remember leaving and thinking, Dear God, please, please, I want to work here so bad. And Hannah Watt um, talks about it uh-huh. so much with love. And so I just felt like it would be a great place to work. And I loved the managers who came up. Mm-hmm. So that was exciting for me. Yes. And I'm excited to work in the Haymarket. Mm. Super excited. It's so fun. Um, so at the bakery, we have our manager, Hannah. And then there's me, Hannah. So I go by Watson at the bakery. Watson. Yeah. So cute. Um, Because in high school, I tried to get my nickname to be Watson because my class had three Hannahs. We had 11 Mm. people in my high school class. And our freshman year, we had three Hannahs. Oh, geez. And I was like, I need something to distinguish. So I tried to get my nickname to be Watson. It stuck long enough for me to get it on the back of my track sweatshirt. Oh, there you go. But not much longer after that. (laughs) And there was always a part of me that was like, I'm so sad about this. I've always wanted a nickname with the name Hannah, mm-hmm. like Han, which sounds like ham, and I kind of hate that. There's only one person in this world that can call me Han, and it is Shanda. That's the only person? Only person. I yeah. usually get called Hal, 
I started that meme. You well, did. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. Or Hales. Ooh. The whole dance team calls me Hales. I don't hate it. It's okay. Yeah. But I love Hal a little bit more. Yeah. It was started by Hannah and then one girl on the dance team my freshman year called me Hal. Mm-hmm. And I just liked it a lot. I felt like it fit me better. It does. But my coach calls me Hales. My teammates call mm-hmm. me Hales. And I like it. I mean, it's yeah, fun. Or it I get called Fitz. I like Fitz, too. I like Fitz a lot. Because um, my last name is Fitzsimmons. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times with professors, you know, I'll just write Haley Fitz because writing Haley Fitzsimmons <laughs> is so long. Yes. And even a couple of my professors will call me Haley Fitz or Fitz. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I like it. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. But we are, I feel like we're just so much more relaxed now. I know. With the year being over. If anybody is listening who just finished finals in college, you guys know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The amount of stress that is put on you to do well, how many things you have piled up. And then on top of that, just the transition right. going into summer, like you're excited, but you also might be a little sad. Mm-hmm. So just so many different emotions mixed around you. And I think college students go through a lot of different types of mental health problems or mental health episodes that can really impact their college yeah. careers For sure. and their semesters. And that's what we really want to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ease right in, Haley. Thank you. It was a good segue. (laughs) It really was. I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, something we really want to make sure that we do on this podcast is to be friendly, you know, and to make it feel like you are listening to, like, your best friends talk to you. Yeah. Um, And I feel like we succeed with that. But we also, as best friends, we, like, want to talk about serious things. So we decided that our second episode would kind of showcase that a little bit more. And especially in a world where mental health is becoming such a more prominent factor in people's lives, it's a really important thing to talk about. And I know sometimes it may feel like you hear about it so much, Mm -hmm. you hear about it so often, but that's a really good thing. Because I was just recently diagnosed this past year with depression Mm -hmm. and post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety. Um, with the, the PTSD came from a pretty tragic thing that happened. Right. For those of you who don't know, I was pretty horribly sexually assaulted in July walking into my junior year, but they kind of finally put a name to it with mm-hmm. anxiety and depression, which they linked to probably being prominent before the attack. And I never knew that. Yeah. So I finally got on real medication mm-hmm. that would help me a couple years after probably having those symptoms and not really thinking anything of it. I mean, it is a big thing. And especially for college students, Mm -hmm. it's never something to be embarrassed about. No, no, for sure. Or to allow people to make you feel bad for. Right. I mean, come on. Like, we are all in the same boat. And whether or not you officially have depression, Mm -hmm. you officially have anxiety, anybody can have those feelings or thoughts, even if they aren't officially diagnosed. Right? Yeah. See, that's where I'm at. I have never been officially diagnosed with anxiety or depression, but I have been to therapists since I was in high school, like consistently, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, maybe putting that label on it is harder for me to do because I don't really want to, but there's no shame in that. And 
honestly with me, I kind of avoid putting the label on it because if I do, then I will fall into that stereotype that you find on the internet, like with all the web wiki (laughs) questions things. Um, And that's not something that I ever want to do is put myself in a little box of how I can feel and how I can't feel. Exactly. So I feel like a lot of people do that with people who have mental health problems, especially after I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. There were times and moments where I felt like the support groups I was going to Mm -hmm. or the therapy sessions I was going to, it felt a lot like they were putting me in this box, putting me in this statistic, Mm -hmm. putting me in this stereotype. And I think it surprises people when they find out that I do have depression and anxiety and PTSD because they kind of look at me and they go, you would not be someone that I would be pegged to have those problems. And I think that speaks volumes because not everyone who suffers those really hard mental health implications in their life are sad all the time right? or make it visible all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you are sitting here and you're like, hmm, I don't know anybody who has depression or anxiety or PTSD. I'm going to stop you right there. You do And say that you do. (laughs) And not just Hannah and I, but people in your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you do know someone. Yeah. And that's why it's always important to check on your friends. So before we kind of, like, get into it, I just want to say, like, check on your friends. Mm -hmm. Check on your family. Watch the words that you say. Yeah, words matter so much. And always be supportive, Mm -hmm. no matter what. It is really hard, especially for me, Mm -hmm. to be so open about that. Like, not many people in my life really know about that, but I'm trying to be more transparent with it. Well, thank you for sharing. Well, thank you. I feel comfortable sharing with all of you listening Mm -hmm. because I know that it doesn't define me. Right. And I know, I'm sure, Hannah, you know Mm -hmm. that that doesn't define you either. Right. So if you're listening and you have those thoughts and feelings and you, or you're diagnosed or you're not diagnosed, I just want to come on here and say that Hannah and I both love you. Yes, so much. We care about you. Yes. If you feel like you need to get help, if you feel like you need to call someone, stop listening right Mm -hmm. now, call a hotline, talk to somebody, talk to a trusted person in your life, and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Right, because it might be a little triggering. Yes. So we're also going to say that if you get triggered by sexual assault, depression, anxiety, this podcast episode may not be for you, and that's okay. We yeah. still love you. Yeah. It's okay if you stop listening. Mm-hmm. But before we continue, we just wanted to put that disclaimer out yes. there. Yes, Because that's important. Yes. And please, please, please reach out if you have any of these feelings at all. In your own time, you don't have to do it right now, but yeah. in your own time, reaching out honestly changes everything. So that's kind of a good segue into what I've been dealing with. Take it away, Watson. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to have to get used to you saying that. (laughs) Um, So this isn't something I've been super um, transparent about in my online presence, um, but it's something that I talk about a lot with my friends, so I feel like I'm very comfortable sharing this with you guys. In January of 2021, I had a major depressive episode. Um, And it was triggered by something I think is very silly, but I know that it wasn't just that that triggered it. It was a bunch of other things. But I had this major depressive episode because one of my friends who had no idea that she was doing this ignored me for a day or even not even a day, a few minutes. And it just made me crash and go into this really, really dark place that I 
I'm still getting out of right now. <laughs> um, and it was really bad for a really long time. I went into my second semester of my junior year feeling just like, I don't know how to explain it other than I felt like a little black cloud was just around me all the time and I had no joy. Um, and I have a really good, because I'm an actor, I can pretend really easily that I am just fine, but I really wasn't. Um, there were times the first few weeks before I started getting help where I was having suicidal thoughts and I'd never dealt with those before. So first off, that was a, a sign that I need to get help, but I was having really hard times with that. And every time I would be alone for more than five minutes, my brain would be like, hmm, this is how you would do that or something like that. And I've never experienced that before. And I don't, I'm still learning how to digest it today. Um, yeah, because those sure. are terrible thoughts to have about yourself, like how much you don't want to be around or how no one would notice or even care. But I've yeah. learned since reaching out to all of my friends and to a therapist that I really do matter. And of course, um, yeah. yeah, but ever since then, when I started having those thoughts, I would go into something that's called disassociation um, and I would zone out for hours and just not work. <laughs> My brain would just quit functioning. Um, and I still am having major, not major, like minor disassociation moments in my everyday life. Like that's not something that's going away anytime soon. Um, and I know with anxiety that happens to people. Um, but for me, it's a depression thing. Again, I've never been diagnosed. So I'm saying these terms just from what, how I feel. Yeah. But yeah, we're all just miss five or six or even 10 minutes of my day just because I'm zoned out. Like it happened to me yesterday. I was staring, standing in my kitchen and I was just staring out and I looked at my watch when I got out of it and it had been 20 minutes where I was just standing, staring out my window, not thinking about anything. Just kind of zoned out completely. Yeah. It felt like yeah. I was floating around, you know? Yeah. And that's really weird. And it happens to me every day for multiple times, once a day, anything where I just lose moments. And it even happens when I'm in the middle of conversations and my friends will have to be like, hey, Hannah, focus here. <laughs> and like, they don't mean it rudely, but I'm sure it can be really annoying when I'm like, when they're saying something really important and I'm just thinking like, oh, that's a really nice looking piece of wood right there, you know? <laughs> and it's not because I'm not genuinely interested, but it's just my depression had that effect on me back in this January when I had it, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's definitely a pretty good indicator mm -hmm. for anybody to kind of notice. That's a pretty noticeable thing. Mm -hmm. I have like some of my roommates, especially the, the roommate who I shared the room with in the apartment. Right. She could always tell when I maybe wasn't having the best day mm -hmm. based on really small things like that. Right. And it happens kind of when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. um, and... You can be in the best mood ever. Mm -hmm. You can be feeling happy and it can still yeah. spring up on you. Yeah. I, when I was in January and February, when I was really, really struggling, I wouldn't drive because I knew it would happen while I was driving. And in those states, for me anyway, it's different for everyone. But for me, I just can't do anything. I'm just, it's yeah. like I'm paralyzed kind of. Yeah. Um, 
So I avoided driving for any amount of time because I was scared that I would cause an accident because of my disassociations. Well, that was very smart of you. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to say that as one of Hannah's very close friends, I had no idea that this was going on in January or February. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to point out that it can happen to your closest of friends and Mm -hmm. you may have no idea. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think you really shared that with me until like a month later. Yeah, until like March. I don't remember the first time I brought it up. I know I brought it up pretty casually because that's what I do, but yeah. But that's the thing is, you know, and like you're a theater major, Mm -hmm. you have experience in theater, but even for people who don't have experiences Mm -hmm. in acting, it can be... And I, I don't want to speak for you, but it right. can almost be, like, embarrassing or scary yeah. to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. And I remember when Hannah and I were sitting down and she brought it up. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling like, oh, my gosh, like, I had no idea. Like, I'm such a bad friend because I didn't know. But that's not the case. Mm-mm. Like, people will talk about it when they're ready. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't mad at Hannah for not sharing it with me. I think when people, especially when friends, or I guess I should say friends in quotation marks. Right. Because you can't see my quotation marks with my th- with my two <laughs> fingers, but they're there. They're there. <laughs> when they get upset with you that you haven't shared something like that with them, that's a red flag right that there. That is, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I've had friends like that in the past. Just cut them out of your life. Yeah. Honestly, because it's not always easy. Right. And I know that I see joy coming back into your Mm -hmm. life a little bit here and there but it's also a good thing to be patient Mm -hmm. with not only yourself but with other people right and I think you've been very patient with yourself and patient in your progress and that's a really good step yeah well honestly it was my therapist who really um this is gonna sound so like silly (laughs) but she saved my life uh (laughs) silly at all that's she great. let me rephrase it she helped me save my life (laughs) Um, because like, you know, I, it was those suicidal thoughts. Like I had daydreams about it, like how much joy I would feel just ending it all. And like, again, this is a trigger warning if you're still here, but, um, one of the things that I would almost did to myself was I almost sat in my garage with my car running, like, because I don't, it wouldn't have worked, but that's what my brain wanted me to do. Yeah. And it used to take me everything in my gut. Like, I would have to leave my whole block when I was having that feeling so that I wouldn't do it. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a garage anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're safe. <laughs> We're safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And I know mm-hmm. that sometimes therapy can also have some sort of stigma to it. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, like, embarrassing factor. Mm-hmm. But therapy is actually a really good technique. Yeah to kind of bring you out of that. Yeah, it was so helpful. And something my therapist, and I've been to a few different therapists in my life, and this one really stuck with me. She she didn't put any, like, she didn't give me a plan for how I was going to get better. I feel like some therapists will do that, and that's great for some people. But the first time I don't meet a goal in my plan, I give up. Right. (laughs) That's just something I do. Um, But every week when I would meet with her, she would tell me to try to do something different with my day like when I was having really negative thoughts she was like maybe going from a negative thought to a positive thought is too much for you right now maybe try going from a negative to a neutral thought and that honestly you should try it someday 
the best thing I've ever done to like give myself realistic goals for my day. So if I would have a thought like, oh, I'm so dumb for getting a 0% on a math assignment, my neutral thought would be, this isn't an ideal math assignment, but the next one I'll do better. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. go straight from negative to positive. Yeah. So smaller steps like that really mm -hmm. help. And, and I yeah. started doing it every day. Whenever I would have a negative thought about anything, I would go, okay, how can I make this a neutral thought? And now I'm going from neutral thoughts to positive thoughts. But it has, like, that just started last week where I started doing that. Yeah. And it's May. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, progress doesn't does, happen overnight. Right, it takes you know? so much time. Yeah, it, it takes those small moments where you decide to maybe take a baby step mm -hmm. towards doing something better. And finally, you get to a point where it's an even bigger step. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot what I had to do, especially walking into my first semester. Right. Yeah, talk more about that. Yeah, so <laughs> like I said, I was raped in July. So it was July 27th or the morning of July 28th. It was like at 1.03 a.m. I remember this because it was very traumatizing. Right. I don't remember much of what happened, but I do remember the time and the date. Right. Um, whatever that means. Um, but so that was, that was pretty awful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I walked into August just having completed a police investigation. And all they told me is that there wasn't enough physical conclusive evidence to make an arrest. So dumb. So, and I, and I kind of want to explain that a little bit. What they do is they do something called a rape kit. So a rape kit is designed to basically take, you know, a sample mm -hmm. of the, the inside of your vagina and see if they can find any, any DNA. And usually rapists don't use condoms. Mm -hmm. Mine did not. The problem with that is I had bruising, internal bleeding, and a hematoma surrounding the opening of my vaginal cavity. So you couldn't get anything up there. Like it was swollen shut and mm -hmm. it was painful and they didn't want to move it, try to drain it or do a rape kit because they were concerned about me hemorrhaging right? or bleeding internally or something really bad happening. Mm -hmm. So what we had to do is I sent off my clothing to the lab yeah. Whatever that's called. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And they were going to have to try and find DNA based off of that. That can be a little bit harder to identify. Mm -hmm. And I went through the whole investigation process. You know, I had um, a police officer who I met with and he took my story. Um, I met this person through a dating app. So I was able to give them his information, mm -hmm. his account. I also followed him on Instagram, so I had where he went to school, mm -hmm. um, I had his location, I had his address, I had everything. But unfortunately, the most that they could do was bring him in for questioning. And, <laughs> um, I don't know, that, yeah. you know, and even, so dumb. and even though I had physical injuries right. that they took pictures of, which was also a little traumatizing, right. it was... It was difficult, mm -hmm. and he actually transmitted a sexual uh, disease to me, 
an STD. So they were like, well, you know, we could test him to see if he had the same STD, but so many people have right. STDs. That's not yeah. like a specific linking factor. The STD was cured. Okay. I do, I, <laughs> I do want to say it was curable. I got really lucky. Mm-hmm. But I was, at the time, I was on so many different m- medications. Mm-hmm. I couldn't walk. Yeah, I at remember all. that. Like my gait was off. Um, I had shooting pain, not only on the outside of my body and my legs, but on the inside. I was taking antibiotics for this STD, mm-hmm. which was awful. Right. I was on new depression and anxiety medication, and I was having night terrors, really bad nightmares. I couldn't sleep, so they put me on this sleeping medication, which stopped the nightmares, but I was also sleeping like 16 hours a day because it would just knock you out. Yeah. Like, I can't take that sleeping medication now or I will sleep throughout the entire day. Really? Yeah, it's it's powerful stuff. It's it's, it's really powerful. But I remember just feeling hopeless. Yeah. You know? How could you not? Right. And they were talking to me and they even told me that they think he's a serial rapist. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that my description and his name have been linked to other cases, but he's never been charged or caught. Oh my gosh. Ever. I, <laughs> that makes me you know, so angry. It makes me angry, but one of the things to understand about sexual assault victims is that it is really hard to go to the police. I yeah. didn't want to. I was super terrified. I remember sitting in the emergency room and just, like, sh- rapidly shaking my head, saying, absolutely not. Like, I don't, because what if they didn't believe me? Yeah. And especially after they couldn't do a rape kit, there's so much stigmas around women making up stories or trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted to do was go to court. Yeah. However, the good news, <laughs> I don't know if this is, like, the good <laughs> news, but since I gave them a name yeah, and a face, if he rapes again... My story, along with three other cases, can work with that other case to get him convicted. Ooh. So in the future, they said that if I ever get a call from them, it's because he's done it again, he's been linked, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to go in and testify. So I'm a little more ready for that now. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't received a a call, Mm -hmm. and we don't know if he'll ever be caught. Right. And that's the thing. And I remember feeling like I had different people saying that if you don't go to the police, everyone else that he rapes is going to be on you. Like their pain is going to be on you because you're not going forward. And that was hard to hear. That's so hard. That was really hard to hear. I can't even imagine. Oh man, it was super hard. And after I finally went to the police to see nothing happen, Mm -hmm. no arrest made, no questioning, nothing. It was just gonna sit in a file cabinet along with three other girls and never have anything done. Yeah. Was such a defeating moment in my life. And I just felt like I was powerless. Right. You know? And I think if anybody listening has experienced sexual assault, there is a big component of feeling like your life is over. Yeah. And even though the hematoma went away, Mm -hmm. and even though the STD is gone and out of my system, those memories are going to be there forever. Yeah. And I did a lot of just 
sitting in my room, mm-hmm. not doing anything. I was very isolated. And I wasn't really telling a whole lot of people because it was really embarrassing. Right. But a lot of my friends who I thought were my friends just kind of left me. Yeah. Just kind of left me out to dry. I even remember telling one friend and they basically blamed me for what happened. No, that's not good. I just want to stop right here and say, believe all survivors, believe all victims until proven otherwise. Right. It is so hard to look at your friend, to look at someone who you trust and they turn around and they say, well, I mean, it's probably not all his fault. Oh my gosh. That's what they said. So dumb. And it was, I mean, and I started to believe it. Yeah. How could, I, how, how could I not? Right. You know, I mean, like, I went to the house. I matched with him on the dating site. I was there, mm-hmm. you know, and I started convincing myself that it was my fault. That, that if Anyone I, that could see me is knowing that I'm shaking my <laughs> head so violently. And that is what kind of sent me into a lot of depression. Yeah. You know, I never had any suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. but I felt hopeless. Lonely, you know, especially in the first couple weeks of the semester. I'm on the dance team and I couldn't dance the first couple of weeks because they were worried about internal bleeding and bruising. Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to do the splits and jump? Yeah. <laughs> if any slight movement is going to send pain shooting down through my legs. Yeah. So that was hard for me too. And I didn't know how to tell my teammates. You know, obviously my coach knew. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my friends knew, but it was, I I felt like walking around with that on my shoulders and I struggled academically. Yeah. You know, I struggled going to class. I struggled doing homework, finding the motivation because a lot of times I would have flashbacks or I would, all I could think about was that night or I couldn't get out of bed because I was so sad tired because I couldn't fall asleep from the night before, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't take my medication because I had weights in the morning. So it was hard for me to feel like I could do anything. And I started doing something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And of course, like I went to therapy too. Right. I had a therapist, but I started doing something a little extra Mm -hmm. that I just kind of thought of one day. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing something creative every day, something really small, something that brought me a lot of joy. Right. Whether that was journaling whether it was taking care of my plants. Um, I also cross-stitch. Oh, I didn't. So, oh, yeah. Wait, I did not. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I love to cross-stitch. So I would always do something, even if it meant staying in bed, I would mm-hmm. always do something like that. Or I would make myself a fun little coffee mm-hmm. in my kitchen. And I would just sip on that. And then I would take my journal and I would write things that I was happy about that day. Mm-hmm. Because even if I couldn't think of anything... I would just, you know, kind of wait until something came up. Mm -hmm. Like I would say, well, I'm happy for this coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And slowly, little by little, I started feeling more happy. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I'm at my full capacity of happiness right now. Neither can I. Um, But it helped a lot. And Mm -hmm. I continue to do that. So I will decorate my room with flowers. I'll let in natural light through my window, Mm -hmm. brighten up the place a bit, And then I always make my bed every morning because if I can make my bed in the morning, I've accomplished one task for the day. Mm -hmm. And that kind of puts me in the mindset of I can do anything else today. Mm -hmm. So it may not work for everybody. 
this whole like doing something that's going to spark a little bit of joy every yeah. day. But for me, it helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And even though I still struggle with a lot of that, I'm a lot more open about it. Yeah. And I've actually started writing a book. You have? I have about silence culture in sexual assault victims. Wow. Yeah. That's so amazing. So I took a creative writing class this semester and I turned in an essay that I wrote about silence culture. And my professor pulled me aside one day and I thought I was in trouble. Like right. I thought that like I wrote about something too inappropriate. Oh I was gosh. like, oh no, like <laughs> I'm at a Lutheran university. Oh. I have done something bad. No. But she looked at me and she goes, you need to write a book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just kind of stopped and I was like, what? Like I was expecting to say, hey, you can't turn in anything like this again. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, Haley, this book could change the world. Yes. And at that moment, I was like, hey, that one rose, like, rose, hang on. <laughs> what? Like, looking at life through rose-colored glasses right. or finding something positive out of something negative was this. Mm-hmm. So I've been pouring a lot of my effort and time into writing about this and starting to write the book. So I'm hopefully going to get that published sometime after I graduate my undergraduate degree. I'm buying it right now. <laughs> Put me on the Are you pre-order. pre-ordering <laughs> it? Um, so that's been really helpful too because, believe it or not, something good can always come out of something. Right. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, and, I agree. You know, I went through something horrible. Mm-hmm. But if I can write about silence culture, if I can reach other people and write a book that's worth reading, then... I'll have already made a difference in my life. Right. And even yeah. if my attacker never gets caught or he goes his whole life never having to own up to what he did, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Like I've made peace with that, mm-hmm. I guess. Because the likelihood of many sexual assault victims is that we don't really ever get justice. Yeah. We do, but we don't. Mm-hmm. And I made peace with that and that's okay. And I've kind of started to come out of that shell of oh, you're disgusting, no one else is ever going to love you, you're all used up, because that's not ever the case. No. It can feel like that. Mm -hmm. And the great news is that there are a lot of hotlines out there that can help you, that can get you out of even an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. or help you through a time like that, that are free. Mm -hmm. So if anyone listening here has... (laughs) I'm choking up a little bit, sorry. (laughs) If anyone listening here feels like they want help, there are programs out there. Thank you. <laughs> there are programs out there. And the most important thing, and I think even you can attest to this mm-hmm. too, is progress isn't going to be seen overnight. Right. You're not going to feel happy immediately the next morning. And mm-hmm. even if you do make a lot of progress, there's going to be some days where you wake up and you feel sad. Yeah. yeah. But it's normal. Yeah, it it's is. It's human. Yeah, for me, um, wow, i am got something in my eye. Hold on. I'm just so emotional. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Okay. What am I trying to say? For me, I had a really good, like, few weeks before spring break. And then over spring break, I was super happy. And then I came back to Nebraska, and I had a horrible re-depression episode. That was the wrong word. Oh, well. Whatever. (laughs) They get it. You get it, right? I had to remind myself that, you know, it's okay. Like, I don't have to be sunshine and bubbles and happiness all the time and maybe maybe that's not who I am actually you know like I can be a joy in people's life and not still be a joy every day (laughs) I can have bad days 
that is yeah. okay. It does not it mean is. that you are backsliding into those negative thoughts again. How, getting rid of those suicidal thoughts was the hardest and most amazing thing I've ever done. Yeah. I think it's really important to remember that you don't have to be Superman all the time. Right. Or Superwoman all mm -hmm. the time. You don't have to always put on a show. Right. And you should never feel bad for those days where you wake up and you don't feel 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just impossible to do. I think anybody who puts that expectation on you is another red flag. Yeah. You know? Even for yourself. It's oh, a red yeah. flag for yourself if you're putting that pressure on yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, just take every day one day at a time. Mm -hmm. No matter if you've gone through something as traumatic as a sexual assault or a smaller piece of adversity in your life, mm -hmm. just take every moment that you get. Yeah. Little by I will little. say that I know I was going through my own thing, but watching you, because you told me, you weren't, I wasn't like the first person you told, but I was one of the first, maybe. I think you were the first Concordia person okay. I told. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you told me at my kitchen table in the house, and I was shocked. I had no idea yeah. what to say. And I was so incredibly angry for you. Like, I had all the vengeance in the world for you. <laughs> um, but watching you, like, feel all those feelings you were feeling and overcoming it and being your own, like, warrior in that situation... <laughs> really helped me when I was going through my own thing gonna to make me remind cry. me, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, this is really hard, but, yeah. and it's not even saying, like, your thing was harder than mine. It was just, you were an example for me of what I can do, you know? So, even though you, <laughs> I, you didn't know about it for months after, it was still, like, you were still someone who I thought about daily because I was like, wow, this is, must have been an slight ounce of what Haley was feeling oh so. well thank you that's so sweet um <laughs> so you can think... be an example for your friends going through it too that's yeah. the positive I guess yeah <laughs> you know and I've actually met with a lot of different women who have been going through some similar things and we've been able to kind of support each other and lift mm -hmm. each other up I met a lot of these women online actually through TikTok really yeah um, yes, a Haley's of, a little TikTok star. Sometimes. <laughs> but I met a lot of these women through TikTok because a couple of my videos blew up slightly. And about, you know, me sharing my, mm -hmm. my story and a lot of them I talk to almost daily. Yeah. Who have also gone through some similar things. But before I kind of leave you with what I went through, I just kind of want to remind you that it's never worse than what you're going through. Right. Yeah. You know, like... You should never discredit someone's hurt or pain because it's not as bad or it's not as hurtful yeah. or it's not as hard mm -hmm. as something else. We fight our own battles every single yeah, day, every no day. matter what they are. And they can be big, small, trivial to the outside world, but to that person, it's their own fight, mm -hmm. you know, and never discredit someone from that fight. Yeah. Never. You know, ever. Because it can feel completely different mm -hmm. to that person than what it looks like on the outside. So I guess that's something really important to remember too. I think sometimes I've met some people who who use it's it's so stupid. Yeah. But like, for example, my freshman year, I had the, this one friend, mm -hmm. and she would say, "Oh, how much homework do you have today?" Mm -hmm. And I'd say, "Oh, you know, like I have this and this and this," and she'd say. Well, I have 
all of this. Yeah. Or, hey, how are you feeling today? Oh, you know, I'm a little down. Well, I'm feeling majorly depressed. You know, it was always a battle. It was yeah. always like a one-up mm-hmm. of adversity or sadness. And you can't prove that. No. You can never no, no. ever do that. You know, it's kind of like if someone stubs their toe. It can really hurt. It can. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's not like a super big injury. Or if someone like in a football game tears their meniscus, sometimes they keep playing. Yeah. Now that's obviously a much bigger injury, but to the person who stubbed their toe, it might hurt really bad mm-hmm. more than the person who tore their meniscus in that moment. I mean, mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. That's kind of a weird analogy, but I, I hope get you it. understand it like what sense. I'm getting at. So I guess for this podcast, we talked about a lot of really hard stuff, Mm -hmm. and I hope you guys have kind of gained a little insight about who we are, but also maybe learned a thing or two. Yeah. And just, this isn't like our whole story, you know? I have so many other experiences that I would love to share. Oh, yeah. We were both bullied. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about that sometime. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's other stuff. There's so much more. But wait, there's more. (laughs) So much trauma. Ooh, no, can't joke about that. Um, yeah, but like, we just, we want you guys to not think about us based off of our second episode being about this topic because yeah. we have so much to offer. We're hilarious. Oh, we're so funny. We're so funny. I don't mean to flex on you guys, but we were both panel members oh on improv. And for those of you who don't think women are as funny as men, panel this past year for the Improvables was over 50% women. Yeah, so... So chew on that. <laughs> you guys can leave if you don't think women are funny, because... We're hilarious! <laughs> we are! And I think that's another important thing to kind of leave you guys with, is my sexual assault does not define me. Yeah. My anxiety does not define right. me. My depression does not define right. me. My PTSD does not define me. Right. And Hannah Watts' depression, or depressive episodes, me. doesn't define her. No. Ever. You are your own person regardless mm-hmm. of what you're going through yeah you know like I'm still the introverted <laughs> bubbly person yeah. and Hannah Watt you're still the most amazing beautiful woman oh my in gosh life. <laughs> stop Bailey <laughs> <laughs> I'm still an extrovert even though I didn't have as much extrovertedness as I would have liked to ending my college career yeah you know, you're always still worthy of something. Right. You're yeah. still valuable. That's I all. still made wonderful art this year. You so, did. You well, we're going to have to talk about that in another podcast, about all the amazing stuff that you did this past year. Oh my gosh. Because it is revolutionary, <laughs> you guys. Stay tuned for another episode about that. <laughs> Some of you theater people in here are going to learn a thing or two about that. Because oh she's a legend, and she's oh. leaving legendary ideas for oh. the theater department. I tell you what. Like, I could never. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, you could, and you should. You, if you have an idea, you should go for it. Yeah. Alpha Psi Omega. Alpha Psi Omega. Uh, inducted to the National Theater Honor Society. Yes, you are listening to two Omega Psi Theta National Honor Society members. Yeah. So, you know, chew Again, on that, people who think women aren't funny. <laughs> I'm really flexing on you guys on this episode. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you get cords at graduation. Uh, I get two cords. I'm like, what? I'm jealous. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get a cord for being on the dance team and a oh cord for gosh. Omega Psi Theta. I know I'm so cool. Yeah. There I go, flexing again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, okay. The cord for me is 
probably the biggest deal in my life. I'm making a bigger deal than it is, but... No, it's amazing. I didn't have a single cord graduating from high school. No, me it was me and one other person in my class of, can I say it again, 10 people. <laughs> there were only two of us who didn't have cords. It was very uh, like apparent and obvious that we were not academically where other people in my class were at. Um, whatever, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Grades don't matter. Uh, <laughs> your GPA doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> but that was a big deal for me. I didn't feel like I had accomplished anything in high school just because of that cord. So the fact that I have a cord graduating undergrad. Boom! Biggest flex I've ever given. <laughs> Honestly, I'll probably show up to my class reunion with my cord around my neck doing... Well, you're also the theater honor student. Oh my gosh. Of this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah. That is a big deal. When it I is. got that letter, I cried. And it's I don't cry about deal. everything. I'm Fort Knox, I joke about. <laughs> um, with my therapist and everything, we've been working on that. But I have cried more. I cried at the last improv show. It was a big deal. It was I in cried public. at the last improv show. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tears happen. And they're fine. They do. They're actually pretty healthy. <laughs> you know, I haven't cried about it since. Okay. <laughs> well, because well, I let it out in the moment. <laughs> got it all out when you needed to. Yeah. That's yeah. another thing um, with our last few minutes is something that I didn't do when I was like going through my depressive episode or even before was share what I'm feeling in the moment because I didn't think it was worth it or valid or anything. And just like practicing being assertive with your feelings in the moment is a big deal. And I've been doing it slowly with my friends and I have had the best outcome possible. Some, yeah. some of them haven't appreciated it. And so well, we aren't friends anymore, but there you go. The real people in my life have been like, I understand that. I don't understand it to a point where it doesn't hurt me too, but I understand it. And so yeah. it's just, you got to give and take a little bit, you know? Yeah. And never be ashamed of what you're feeling of. Yeah, never. I know it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But if you can even find one person in your life who you know you can go to in any moment of the day and just pick up the phone mm -hmm. and just say, hey, I just need to talk and you just need to listen. Mm -hmm. That's a really good friendship. That's mm -hmm. a good technique. That's, you know, good to like get it out when you're yeah. feeling it. Mm -hmm. Because it's easier when you don't put it all on yourself. Yeah. I did that with you the other day when I was having yeah. a panic attack. So it yeah. really helped. And then I wasn't as nervous the next day there you when go. the big event was happening. Yeah. It's really so. small stuff like that. And yeah. even if you feel alone, I want to assure you that you're not. You're not. There's there, always going to yeah. be someone. Always somebody. Is it your school lunch lady? You never know. Maybe. The security guard? Oh my gosh. I've always wanted Jonathan? to get to know the security guards They're on campus. They're really nice. They're so, <laughs> They're so sweet. Do you ever wonder, like, when was the last time someone talked to you on your shift? Probably never because most people just, like, avoid them. Yeah. I always try to, like, pick up I a conversation with them. Because they're so sweet. They're so, They're so nice. They're like your big dad. They're so sweet. <laughs> they, if, if you go to college and you see, like, security guards on your campus, talk to them. They're so nice. They will love to talk to you. Yes. I have confirmation from that. Because this one time I said hello to a security guard. And then we talked for like 15 minutes about the fire alarms in Founders. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is, are you really interested in this? Or am I the first person who's ever talked to you while you were in this building? Maybe. 
<laughs> you never know. But hey, and if you're ever in like a spot where you need somebody to like walk you back to campus or You've walk you back to your dorm. Security guy. Yeah. Like one time I asked a security guard to walk with me back to my dorm my freshman year. And I knew him by name. Wow. And I could say, hey, and he was super excited about it, mm-hmm. super willing to help, mm-hmm. walked me all the way back to my hall, made sure I got there safe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're really cool. They are. They are. Yeah. There's a, been a, so many times where I've just been kind of tired or bored or whatever. And I'm like, what if I see a security guard in their little buggy things? And I'm like, can you give me a ride home? They might. <laughs> they could have. I never they asked. Honestly might I was never brave enough, but they probably would. I'll ask next year and let you know. Okay. If they do. They have like little buggies on our campus that say, do they say security they do. on the back? They say <laughs> so cute. Just rolling up to your house in a security buggy. What's <laughs> <laughs> up, pimps? I wonder if they have horns. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Maybe. But thank you guys so much yeah. for listening and tuning in. I hope that this helped you yeah. or gave you new insight or just made you feel a little supported. Yeah. Um, I love you. I love you too. No matter what. If you ever think nobody loves you, that's not true because I do. Listen to that clip again. It's at 5650. There you go. Love you. Love you. 57. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope you guys have an amazing, let me try that again, an amazing rest of your day. Oh my gosh. There it is. At whatever point in the day you're listening. Or if it's at night that you have a good night's sleep. Yes. Either one. Either one. Either one. We love you so, so, so much. Yes. Um, all your support is awesome. Yes. Couldn't do this thing without you guys. Um, we'll see you, or I guess you'll hear us in the next episode. Yeah. Got to go put my cap and gown on and graduate. Oh. All right. Scary. With, with that, goodbye. Bye.